I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. 31% of companies that sell internationally use four or more solutions to meet their global payment needs. They may face issues including low authorization rates, checkout abandonment, compliance challenges, technical debt, and so on. Add to that some not unreasonable concerns about the banking industry in the wake of the spate of collapses, notably in the US earlier this year, Merchants, it seems, should not be relying on just one bank with a potential risk of losing access to revenue and cash flow. Ralph Dangelmeyer, Chief Executive Officer of global payments orchestration platform BlueSnap, talks us through a better way. But first, do you want to access the multi-billion dollar fintech opportunity in the Middle East or India? If the answer is yes, then join the CEDA IBSI Fintech Lab and fast track your journey of market expansion with us. As a Fintech Lab member, you'll have access to skilled mentors and have the opportunity to learn, network and collaborate with like-minded individuals, building your knowledge base, skills and connections. Visit www.cedaibsifintechlab.com. Now, Back to our conversation with Ralph Dangelmeyer, Chief Executive Officer at BlueSnap. When we process payments, we go across a 30-bank network, so we build in redundancy into our plan. It's kind of like an AWS for payments. We're calling it intelligent payment routing. Merchants, particularly, can't rely just on one bank. Robin, you're right. A lot of merchants do put their eggs in one basket. And on many fronts, from a deposit point of view, millennium point of view, and the things that we focus on at BlueSnap is global payment processing. So what we've done to help merchants alleviate that is build out a connection to a network of over 30 banks in 47 countries that allows the merchant, without doing any extra coding, the ability or the security or the confidence or the trust to have failover capability to these banks that we work with, high wealth respected banks. And given the banking failures have just happened in the United States, and I still think there's another shoe to drop on this, that is an important question that merchants and even the bank's customers should be asking themselves as they're considering moving financial transactions around the world. One thing that has happened as a result of the developments we've seen in financial technology over the course of the last few years is actually it may have got simpler, it may have got faster, it may have got cheaper, but it's also got a lot more complicated at the same time because there is a plethora of potential solutions out there. I Last time I checked, I saw there was about 500 ways, 500 different companies merchants could potentially use to move payments. So it gets very confusing. As a matter of fact, you probably can't think of an industry where you have 500 choices. So because of that, the merchants get confused. And when they get confused, they go back to the lowest common denominator, which is either their current bank or maybe a brand they well-known. And what we're encouraging people to do is do a little more research because there's this great tool out on the internet. It's called Google. <laughs> and you can actually use this tool to figure out what might be a great solution for your industry and for your what I call use case or business type and focus in on what else other people are doing that are maybe best in class services uh, versus just sort of moving with the mob or the crowd. 
Okay, artificial intelligence is a hot topic at the moment. Is AI a potential answer to merchants' concerns in this instance? You know, yes and no. I would say we're very early with AI as it comes to payment processing. There's some things that payment processors are doing, like what we're doing is using AI to determine what's the highest success rate of a shopper buying for a merchant based on the card they're using, and then routing the transaction to the bank that has the highest success rate. And we're using some AI to help us pick up fraudulent transactions. So there's AI uses. The merchants on payments, we haven't seen them adopt AI yet. I think it's a little sophisticated. Obviously, AI is only as good as the people that program AI, right? They instruct AI, they write program. If the merchants don't really understand payments well, it's very hard for them to write a sophisticated or useful AI program. I think it will come and they might even buy tools from payment processors, but I don't think it's widely adopted yet in payment processing for merchants. Well, you mentioned the great tool on the internet of Google. That's as far as I want to go if I'm a merchant, because my job is not payments processing. My job is to shift goods. That's correct. The payment processor's job is to make sure the money moves securely, accurately, and timely. So that partnership is extremely important in how they work together. And I think there could be a little bit more of an understanding of what both sides do to make that a better process for everybody. But it is has seen a tremendous improvement in the last 20 years through APIs and AI and global commerce. So it is something that's getting better and will keep getting better through tools like AI. I'm going to go back to this as a motion. I'm not, not saying people are not clever, but they're not necessarily clever about something they don't need to be clever about. I can be a great driver without having to understand how the internal combustion engine works. Surely I can be a great merchant without having to get bogged down in the process of payments processing. I just want the payments to happen smoothly, slickly, correctly when I need them to happen. Yeah, that's a great analogy, Robin, about the car. So what we've done, we built a very sophisticated car, Blue Snap, that uses this thing called intelligent payment routing. It intelligently routes the transaction for the highest authorization and lowest cost, which is really what the merchant wants. And so back to your car analogy, people get in the car and they turn right and they left and they don't think about how it works. But you know what's amazing is a lot of times the merchants may not ask the question, geez, what if I run out of gas? Where's a spare tire? What happens when the turn signals don't work? They expect it to work. And those questions don't get asked regularly by merchants. And in some cases, like we have this sort of running saying at BlueSnap, we have this thing called intelligent payment routing so that our merchants don't have to be so intelligent about it. So we've put the intelligence into the tool so the merchant doesn't have to worry about that. We're not just talking about domestic payments here. This is a cross-border solution as well. Yeah. So we're BlueSnap process payments in 200 countries. We're local in 47. One of our real good value propositions here is cross-border or international payments. And sometimes merchants don't really know what cross-border means because in Europe, the borders have sort of melted away in a lot of areas. So they don't think it's cross-border. But it is cross-border based on what the card brands say it is or based on what the payment types is. So now when you're going from France to England, you are actually crossing the border because of Brexit. 
you're crossing a border when you're going from from France to 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 Canada. And so we need to help them understand that that's really cross border. And 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 why do we care? Well, we care because there's a higher fee to go cross border by the card brands. And we care because a lot of times cross-border transactions have lower authorization rates than than, than an in-border transaction. And we care because there's higher fraud rates. So this is something that merchants really need to pay attention to is how do I optimize my cross-border payments for the lowest cost, highest auth rates, and managing fraud. We come on to the subject of things that can go wrong there. You talk about lower authorization rates, you talk about fraud. What happens when things go wrong? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I would say there's two buckets of things going wrong. There's things we know go wrong, like you run out of gas. So someone's fraudulently taking transactions, stealing stuff. Those are obvious. You need to put a stop to that. You need to work on all, all kinds of contingency plans there. The second part of going wrong is you're slowly leaking oil and you don't know it or you're leaking gas. This is where your authorization rates slowly decline. This is where your costs slowly tick up. And it's it's a sunrise sunset process. And all of a sudden, somebody wakes up and says, geez, why are only 80% of my transactions going through? Or why have my costs gone up by 20 basis points? And then it's a fire drill trying to figure out what went wrong. So what we say to people is, and we've put out a lot of data, I think very good on our site on white papers and different eBooks. These are the things you need to do every time to make sure that your things don't go wrong. This is why you, you bring your car into the shop, at least in the States, we do it once a year, because you need to check all these things to make sure something isn't slowly going wrong. So what's the merchant doing on a quarterly, monthly, or yearly basis to a checkup to make sure there's not a slow leak in payments? And that, to me, is one of the things that we try to emphasize heavily with the merchants. Check. Uncheck what you're doing is working exactly yeah the regular process for bringing your car in not because something's wrong you're doing maintenance check yeah so you need a maintenance check you need to have more than one bank that you're dealing with that's holding your accounts because you if you're doing a cross-border uh transaction you'll be dealing with more than one bank anyway de facto in different countries you will be, in fact, if you do a, a domestic payment or you receive a domestic payment, chances are it's gone through a couple of institutions as well, but won't be quite as expensive as the cross-border payment. Exactly. People need to be aware of exactly how this happens. Yes. And I think to your point earlier, maybe we don't understand how the carburetor and the engine works in the car, but we surely should make sure we know how to read the gauges. Ralph Danglemeyer, Chief Executive Officer at Blue Snap.